When you sat down, if you're in the room, you, you're like looking at this Lego piece and you're going, what, what is this? Well, this, this is a powerful, powerful thing. This is one of the only things that could make my mama cuss. And, and <laughs> my mama was a godly woman. I mean, she loved Jesus and in church all the time. I've talked about her a lot. But when I was a kid, I had Legos I would play with, with, with Legos, and we had, like, some orange shag carpet. Don't judge. It's late 70s, early 80s. It was cool. And if you left the Legos in the carpet and, and Mama was vacuuming, and you could hear the Lego go into the vacuum cleaner, and it always messed up. Or my dad, my dad, who didn't have a problem cussing, would, would step on Lego, and, and then I would hear hear about it. Legos when I was a kid. Now, how many, how many played with Legos when you were a kid or you had some Legos? Yeah, yeah. Legos have came a long way because when I was a kid, Legos were like red and blue and green and yellow, and they have gotten way more complicated. In fact, that I, now, th this right here is put together by Legos. This is this is an X-Wing fighter from the greatest sci-fi films of all time, Star Wars. Uh, I know there's some Star Trek fans, and you can uh, hang out with Alabama fans, but, but um, I just, <laughs> this is an X-Wing fighter. Now, when I was a kid, I had an X-Wing fighter. I had several, but, but not put together with Legos. This is putting this together, and some of you are like, Pastor P, did you put that together? No. Because it's more than eight pieces. I did not put this together. In fact, we have this. Um, we have the, the X-Wing fighter. Then we have the, the box with all the pieces in it. And hold on. Let me see if I can figure out how this uh, 474 pieces. For, how did, how did y'all get that? We, we bribed a couple kids, gave them five bucks or something, I think, is how we got it together. But th this, this, is, this is 474 pieces of Legos. Now, I think we can all agree that this took some time to put together. Yes or no? And th this took some attention to detail. Yes or no? 474 pieces. That is, that is an intense Lego. Now, now, there's always one. There's always one. And I know you're here. I'll put a 2,000-piece Lego. Praise God for you. <laughs> but, but I... But, but no one, no one in the room, no one in the room would look at this, 474 pieces, and say, I know how that came to be, Pastor P. The last hurricane that hit the United States also hit a Lego store. And when the hurricane went through the Lego store, and they went through, th this was developed out of the hurricane. Nobody would think that. But. In the world that we live in today, we have some people on the planet, and maybe you're here today, and I'm not judging, you're follow the science people. We talked about that a little bit last week, but this is follow the extreme science. And, it, and there are some people that say that the way we came together as the universe and the way we came together as individuals in the universe is through random chance and chaos, that billions of years ago, there was a random explosion that took place. And then little microorganisms came together and they formed two. And two became four and four became eight. And eight became a, a, a bird and the bird became a dog and the dog became an ape and the ape became a man. And, and that's how we got here. 
that chaos somehow produced order. So my question to you is, as complex as the world is in the universe, even the human body, if chaos could really produce order, then we should be able to take the Lego set, 474 pieces of Legos, and throw them in the dryer, get them all in there. For some of you men in the room, this is a dryer. Some of y'all didn't know. I just, I'm just trying to help you out. So, so if, if random chance can produce it, what we'll do is we'll just close the dryer and then we'll... run the dryer. Now, I'm just... Hold on. Just kind of curious if anybody really thinks I'm going to open this dryer door and we're going to have this completely assembled. No, there was one person in the last service that raised their hands. I didn't even acknowledge it. I'm acknowledging it this service. I'm not. So, and, and some of y'all are like, well, Pastor P, let's be fair. Evolution took place over billions of years. All right. <laughs> let's let it roll. I would be willing to bet you, like, the lower half of my body that we could let this dryer run for a million years and there's no way that this comes together. Would you agree? And it's 474 pieces. If that's true for a box of Legos, how much more true is it of you that you were custom designed and created by God? You're way more complex than this. I didn't say more complicated, men. I said, because you're sitting next to her and you would have said amen and I would have set you up for a fail. I've already told you what a dryer is. I'm not going to set you up for two failures in a day. But I'm, I'm just telling you that we're way more complex than a, than a box of Legos. In fact, the psalmist said in Psalm 139, he said this. I love this. He said, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Now, I love that language, knit me together. That means there was intentionality behind the design of you. I had a, anybody crochet? Anybody do any crocheting? Any crocheters? Come on, I'm not going to make fun of you. Raise your hand, okay? I had a buddy of mine. He, he, he crocheted, I said he, he crocheted me a scarf one time. Um, and he gave it to me as a gift, and I said, man, you shouldn't have done that. He said, no, nah, I, I was like, no, nah, really, you shouldn't have done it. I'm not going to wear it. But it, you, anyway, <laughs> it, was, it was crocheted. It was all these different colors and everything. And when you see something crocheted, nobody thinks, oh, my gosh, I know how that got here. So, a wool store blew up, and, and bam, crochet. No, we can look at something crocheted and know that it's intricate and designed. Just like we, we can look at ourselves and know that we're intricately designed. There is intentionality behind you and who God made you to be. 
the psalmist goes on to say this. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. For some of you, that's your verse right there. You don't even understand you, right? You're wonderfully complex. Your workmanship, once again, workmanship, workmanship, you could almost say craftsmanship. If you, there are a lot of men in here, maybe you like to build things with your hands and stuff like that. Workmanship, craft, intentionality is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in, the, in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Woven together. Once again, there's the weaving. There's the intentionality behind it. There's the purpose, purposefulness behind it. And then this is what I like. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So this is what I love because I can get most people to agree that there is a God. I can get most people, not all people, to agree that God designed the universe. I can get most people to agree that God designed you. But when I talk about like God's love and God's grace and God's mercy, that's where people go, no, 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 that, uh, uh, uh. I have, I have done too much. I have gone too far. I have literally out the grace of God. If there is a God in heaven, he is not, he does not love me. He's mad at me. He hates me and he wants nothing to do with me. I've, I've been at that place in my life and I'm sure many in this room, maybe here today, you, you're in that place right now. That there's a God in heaven, yes. But he wants nothing, because, because this is what you've been told. And let me say this, and I, every time I say this, I piss off a whole lot of religious people, so I want to try to say it as much as possible, okay? <laughs> there are people in this room that literally think that you've disappointed God. Why don't you listen to me? You're not that strong. If God's all-knowing and he knew what you would do before he created you, how could you disappoint him? God not only knew what we were going to do, he went ahead and arranged the payment to be made so when we did it, we could be forgiven. That's not to excuse sin. That's simply to let you know you're not powerful enough to disappoint God. God created you. God's love God's power, God's majesty, God's beauty, God's awesomeness is hidden in plain sight. This is the best way that we could figure out to complete this series. So, so today, for the next few minutes, I'm not really going to preach a message. We're going to have an experience together because I want to point out some things that sometimes just aren't obvious to us because, let's be honest, we don't think about it. Like... Th Think, think, just think about the earth for just a second. This is where we live, by the way. Earth. We're traveling through the universe hundreds and thousands of miles an hour. The earth spins. It takes 23 hours and 56 minutes to spin around. Nobody in this room got up this morning and started worrying. Is the earth going to make it around? 
Zerth going, I don't know. I mean, I need to die. I need to take my nerve pill because I'm kind of curious if the earth is going to make it around. No, 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 no. Now think about the think about the fact that if if we on this planet were any closer to the sun, we would burn. Any further away from the sun, we would freeze. We are the exact distance from the sun that we need to be. The oxygen levels, the all the elements on this planet are exactly perfect to create and sustain human life. Think about that for a second. Is the earth an accident? If, if we're going to say that 474 pieces in a Lego set can't come together by being put in a dryer for a million years, then how in the world can we say that the earth was created by some cosmic explosion when there's so much intricate design on the planet? Now, it's not just the earth. It's, it's, it's the sun. The sun is so powerful. And I could go into all kinds of stats and research on the sun, but, but everybody in this room knows the sun is powerful because probably everybody in this room has been sunburned. You've experienced the power of the sun, right? My dad's side of the family, they're from Ireland. So Irish people, we walk out in the sun and we just explode. That's what we do. We just, <laughs> so I've got some sunscreen, but all of us have experienced the power of the sun. And here's what's fascinating about the sun. The sun is just a star in the thousands and thousands and thousands of stars that we know of. God just, how, how did it, God just spoke it into existence. God said, let there be light. How powerful is God's word that he could speak it and it happens. Now for me, for me, I don't know about you, but every once in a while I get overwhelmed with my problems. I got problems, you got problems all, everybody got problems. Every once in a while, I get overwhelmed with my problems. And this is a picture I, I refer to a decent amount just to help put my problems in perspective. Not minimize them, but put them in perspective. It's the size of the earth compared to the size of the sun. Like, this is the sun, and this is the earth, and I'm here, so my problems really aren't that big. I don't know who that was for today, but I just kind of threw that slide in there because I just need to see that every once in a while. That When you think about the fact that God just created the sun, he spoke into existence. He spoke the universe into existence. I don't know about you, but I, sometimes I nerd out, and for fun, I go on Google, and you can type in Hubble telescope images, and see some of the images that the Hubble telescope gives us of the universe, and they are absolutely fascinating. And when you, when you see something like that, design always implies a designer. Someone, that, does it feel when we look at something like that, that somebody is trying to get our attention? And he's not trying to get our attention so he can drive us away. He's trying to get our attention so he can draw us in. Now, just take the universe and put it on pause for a second. Let's just talk about the human body and this thing called DNA. Every one of us have DNA, unique DNA, by the way. Your DNA is unique to you. There's not another one like it. Everybody's like, oh, like snowflakes. There's not another snowflake like another. 
do we know that? Like seriously, who watches the snowflakes for that? I don't know about the snowflakes, but I know about human. There's not another you. There's not another you. Here's what's fascinating about DNA though. There, in a human being, if you were to uncoil all the DNA in your body and stretch it out, it would stretch out over 10 billion miles. From the earth to Pluto and back. That's design. Way more complicated than a 474-piece Lego set. God designed you on purpose. When you think about something as fascinating as the human brain, now the human brain contains 86 billion nerve cells. <laughs> now this is a second chance. So some of us have a little less. Went to Colorado, and ever since that trip, you got less nerve. Man, well, that's another message for another time. But 86 billion nerve cells joined by 100 trillion connectors in your brain. 86 billion nerve cells joined by 100 trillion connectors. By the way, combine those things. And that's actually more than the stars in the Milky Way in your brain. Somebody designed that. Somebody's behind it. If you think about something as simple as the, the human eye, the human eye can distinguish between about 10 million different colors and in the human body alone, there's around 35 trillion cells. 35 trillion. Now, if 35 trillion cells can't, that 35 trillion cells can't come together. 474 pieces of Legos can't come together in a dryer. 35 trillion cells can't come together from a random explosion. Design means a designer. That means God made you. God created you. God customized you on purpose, with a purpose, and for a purpose. You're not an accident. We see it in creation. We see something as simple as a butterfly. I'm fascinated by butterflies. And think about the fact that I didn't know this until I was researching for this message. There's over 20,000 different species of butterflies. And did you know that every butterfly has a series of 6,000 lenses in its eye? Explosion, random, or created? I'm going to go with created. I made a C in biology, but I can figure this out. Something as simple as sea turtles. You know a sea turtle can hold its breath for around five hours and live for around a hundred years? Something, I, I don't know about you, but for me personally, I love horses. Now let me push the pause button. Don't invite me horseback riding. And this is why. I'm not interested. You know why? Because 
past few times I've accepted it, we get to the house, they put the saddle, and they give me a helmet. And I didn't wear a bike helmet. I'm not wearing a horse helmet, thank you very much. And some of you are like, that's the problem. It probably is. And I went to public school, so there's the trifecta, all right? So I'm going to, I want to ride the horse. Like, I don't want to walk on the trail. I want to, I want to, I want to fly on this thing. And what's fascinating about horses, you know that the fastest horse has been clocked at 55 miles an hour. Did you know that horses, this, this fascinated me. The human being, we have about three muscles in our ears. A horse has 10 muscles in its ear to help it hear and God. That, that, that's fascinating that God, that God would just speak this into his existence. For me, especially over the past five or six years, God has gotten my attention way more. With, not just in his word, but like with a sunrise or a sunset. I can't tell you the number of times I've had a bad day and had to pull over to the side of the road and just look at a sunrise and be like, God, you did it again. You did it again. Everyone is different. And if you'll notice, they're intentionally painted orange and purple. <laughs> which reveals the heart of God and his favorite team. He's teaching us perseverance right now, so y'all hang in there. You know how Jesus came to earth so he can identify with man? He's wanting us to learn how to identify with Carolina fans that just sweated out for a season. All right, there we go. It's just, I, I don't know about you, but, but, but I, love to look at, I love to look at the stars. Now, I don't, I don't camp. I don't go camping because I'm not homeless. And so I don't go camping. So if you want to go pretend to be homeless, you can. But I can remember the last time I did camp, I was like 16 years old. I was in the desert in California. And I can remember just looking up and see, you can see the stars so clearly. And for me, I get fascinated by things like this. Because there's no way, there's no way we can look into the heavens and see the stars and go, random chance by accident. No, there's design. I don't know if you've ever been hiking and, and climbed a mountain. It's not my favorite thing. I've done it. Hey, you want to go hike, climb this mountain? Sure. They, and, and you get to the top and you're like, God, if you'll get me off this mountain, I'll never do it again, right? I have hiked before. I've climbed mountains and I can get to the top of a mountain and celebrate. But you know what's fascinating about mountains? I feel like when we get to the top of a mountain, we go, whoo, this thing was big. I feel like if the mountain could talk, the mountain would say, oh, you think I'm big. You ought to see my creator. Just in case you hadn't noticed, I'm pointing up to him. I'm not big. He's big. I'm just a part of something he created. He's the one that's bigger. He's the one that's greater. Every time I see the mountains, I can be reminded that the one who created all of this is greater than all the chaos that seems to be going on in the world. I don't know about you. One of my favorite places to visit is the ocean. And every time I hear the ocean waves hit the shore, I'm reminded of God's grace. Waves of grace is what I call it. Next time you go to the beach, just listen to those waves hit the shore. And as consistent as the waves are, 
hitting the shore. That's how consistent the grace of God is. I love seeing the ocean because that didn't just get here. I love being outside and feeling the wind move and seeing the things that the wind moves and being reminded that when we think we're powerful, that there's someone greater and more powerful than us. I love it anytime I can be out and just see rock formations and be reminded that Jesus said, hey guys, if you don't praise me, they will. And, and I'm reminded of the fact that when we see things like this right here, there's no way that just happens. There's a creator behind it all. You say, Peter, well, this is, this is quite fascinating. I didn't really come to church for a biology lesson, though. What does this have to do with me? I'm glad you asked. It culminates with this story about a guy in the Bible named Matthew. And we know that this story is true because Matthew wrote the story about Matthew. And he says something in Matthew 9. It's one verse, but it's a verse that several years ago captivated my attention and I haven't been able to get away from it and I don't want to. This, this is the story of Matthew where he said, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew. I want to pause real quick. There's somebody here today, whether you're in the room or you're watching online, and you've been wondering with all that you've gone through, does God even see me anymore? I just feel like he wants somebody to know he saw Matthew, he saw you. And you say, yeah, yeah, but yeah, Perry, you don't know how messed up I am. Oh, but you don't know how messed up Matthew was. He was more messed up than anybody in this room or watching online. I'll prove it to you. Watch this. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth his tax collector booth he, he was a tax collector now in Jewish society 2,000 years ago if you were a tax collector that was the worst type of sinner that you could be in fact if you read through the gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke and John oftentimes you will see the phrase tax collectors and sinners Tax collectors were so bad, they didn't even get labeled in with the sinners. They were worse than the sinners. Because tax collectors had essentially turned their back on the Jewish people and turned their back on God. It didn't get much worse than a tax collector. Now, you got to ask yourself this question. How did Matthew wind up a tax collector? Because this was not the heart and the passion and the desire of every Jewish child 2,000 years ago. How did Matthew wind up in that place so far from God and so far from other people? Same way we did. One bad decision, followed by another bad decision, followed by another bad decision. And before we know it, we're in the snowball effect just going south and we finally say I might as well embrace this Matthew might have even said well you know I guess God just made me to be a tax collector I might as well embrace it Jesus sees Matthew watch what happens because this, this is fascinating 
follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Now, when we read that verse, we just kind of skip right over it. I did for years until I realized this is unreal. Like everybody in the, everybody in the crowd gasped because according to the religious leaders, what Jesus should have said is, stop it. Matthew, you're pathetic. Matthew, you need to change. In fact, here's the deal, Matthew. Stop collecting taxes. Start going to the temple. Get your life right. I'm going to circle back around in a year. And if you've done those things, then you can have a relationship with me. No, 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 no. Jesus walked up to him while he was collecting taxes. While he was in the act of sinning and didn't say stop it didn't say change he just simply said follow me because Jesus knew if Matthew follows me he'll change as we follow Jesus we change this this is so this would be like me walking in the parking lot after this service watching two people do a major drug deal walk up to those two people and go that was awesome y'all want to come on staff I mean, that's how I found Philip. But I mean, that's, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but no, everybody would be like, that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. But that's what, can you imagine? Matthew got up that morning feeling hopeless and worthless and he's collecting taxes. He had no idea that he was going to have an encounter with Jesus. Can you imagine just Matthew sitting there at his tax collector's booth, feeling worthless and alone. And a man named Jesus came along and he didn't point a finger, he extended a hand and said, follow me. And the same invitation that Jesus gave to Matthew, he gives to us. He spoke the universe into into existence, he spoke creation into existence he he speaks our lives into existence you say parrot period how does he have the power to do that it's very simple he was crucified on a cross and on that cross he paid for your sins and my sins and on the cross by the way he spoke a word it was pretty powerful in the greek it's tetelestai which means it is finished which literally means the debt is paid in full He just spoke it and it happened. And the thing that's so fascinating about the crucifixion is not the crucifixion itself because thousands of people were crucified, but Jesus put the exclamation point on it with the resurrection. Listen to me. The only thing that Jesus has ever abandoned was the grave. He will never abandon you. The power of his word. You say, Peter, what, what, is, what does this have to do with my spirituality? It's very simple. The same God that spoke the universe, the same God that spoke the earth, the same God that spoke the, the sun, the same God that spoke creation into existence speaks a word over his people and that word is forgiven. 
there's no way we can sit here and say, oh yeah, yeah, God can speak the stars into existence, but he can't forgive my sins. He, he has and he will. He forgave Matthew. He, he can forgive all of us. This is why I'm fascinated by what Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. He said, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't, such as the thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Everything. In fact, put your name right there. Perry was created through him and for him. Linda was created through him and for him. Jennifer was created through him and for him. Jonathan was created through him and for him. We were created through him and for him. And here's the promise. He exists before anything else, and he holds all creation together. So if you showed up today and you feel like your life's falling apart, He holds all things together. So the simple question that I had for myself in preparing this, this message is, you know what? If the stars worship him and the ocean worships him and the waves worship him and the sun worships him, like, so will I. Because at the power of his word, he spoke thousands of stars into existence and listen with the power of his word a hundred billion failures disappear because his word is that strong so father as we take a few moments to reflect on the power of your word Jesus may we just pause in these next few moments long enough to think about the fact that you spoke the universe into existence. You spoke the stars into existence. You spoke creation into existence. And God, you spoke us into existence. God, for those who feel abandoned and alone, Father, that you would remind us just remind us of this next few moments that we're not abandoned or alone and for those who feel like they have failed you God that you remove hundreds and billions of failures because you speak the word forgiven over your people we love you Jesus may we reflect on this in your name Jesus thank you for your reminders and the sun and the stars and the sunsets and creation and your word thank you for preserving the story of Matthew 100 billion failures disappear at your word forgiven Father, I want to pray over the person in this room right now or watching online that feels abandoned, alone. God, like their life is a storm. Father, I pray that you would just speak the word peace.
praying right now that you would stir our hearts and affections for you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I don't know what God spoke to your heart in that moment, but just take where you're standing right now as a personal altar and speak back to him. Thank him for the reminder. Thank him for what he spoke to you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you've never asked Jesus into your life, I, don't, I want to invite you right where you stand right now to pray and ask him to just come into your life and speak that word forgiven over you. If you know that's your next step, then right where you stand right now, I want to invite you to pray this in your heart. Just pray, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Take over. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just prayed and asked Jesus into your life, will you do me a favor and shoot your hand straight up in the air and just, just put it right up in the air. Just hold it up. Amen. 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 Right up in the air. Hold it up and then you can put it back down. Father, I want to thank you for these hands. I want to thank you for the people that by lifting their hands just signified that they stepped over from death to life. Father, I want to thank you that they were here today to hear this message and they would never forget today was a divine appointment for their lives. Father, I pray for those in the room, God, that have felt abandoned, that felt like they're an accident, that have felt the stress of the struggle weigh them down this week. The Father, that as we walk out of this place, we would hear you speak over us. Peace, forgiven, loved, created, never abandoned, never forsaken. God, that we would know that you are, you are with us and that you are for us. God, that we would never see a sunset the same. We would never look at the stars the same. Every single time we see it, God, we would celebrate that you had a plan for this universe and you have a plan for our lives that's better than anything we could ever imagine. May we walk in surrender knowing that you are good and knowing that you are in control. We love you, Jesus, and we ask this in your name. Everybody that agreed said amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Man, I am. Hope you guys have a phenomenal week, and we'll see y'all back here next Sunday for the start of our brand new series.